The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost-Busting Mystery Episode 27 Chapter 27 Dode was telling the truth, per usual. We all parked in the tractor pull-off down from the apple orchard and circled our vehicles together like covered wagons, defending against a ghost attack. With night binoculars provided by Boots, we had a clear line of sight down to the orchard. The binoculars revealed a pair of bright green blurs, shaped like fuzzy people moving around under the trees. They looked to be digging. We couldn't tell much in the way of details. Dode was dancing around all excited. Hot diggity! Now, how are we going to catch them ghosts? Boots was studying the situation. He was swinging the binoculars back and forth, up and down, all around the mansion. Dode, you sure were right. You got something going on over there. Vinnie snatched the binoculars. You reckon it's someone looking for that gold? Didn't Melvin, the Fed agent, say anything about if they'd found all the gold? Boots sniffled. He's not sure. Said there were only two coins recovered from Dode's jars. Ought to be another twenty coins somewhere. I said they could have been lost in the flood or spent down in Mexico and just never reported. Could be, said Boots. I was thinking to myself that two coins weren't so bad, given that these coins were worth half a million. Not bad for spare pocket change kept in a cellar jar all those years. I said if someone were still digging then, in their minds there was more gold or more of something worth turning earth for. If we got closer, reckon we could make out more about who's doing what down there? Boots said, Yeah, but you ladies aren't going down there. Vini objected. Bootsy! It's our case. You gave it to us. Why you want to take it back now? I gave it to you when I thought it was nonsense involving dead people and ghosts. Now that it's federal, and we're talking millions, and it involves live people, it's in my jurisdiction. Dode made a little sound in his throat. Ghosts on the move. They're moving. Toward the mansion. Into the mansion. It was dark again under the apple trees. Boots unholstered his gun. I'm closing in. You all stay put right here. Don't move. I'll get to the bottom of this. He looked at Vini. Don't you dare follow me either, Lavinia. I don't want to accidentally shoot your head off. Ruby Jane there would never forgive me. Boots moved off into the high weeds, quiet and stealth for a big guy. Vini eyed me. I can't just stand here and wait. She was hopping from foot to foot, all agitated. 
She had her BB pistol raised in one hand. She waved the pistol. Come on, Ruby Jane. Vini took my hand, and we were off into the low corn on the opposite side of the mansion from the side Boots was tracking in on. Dode whispered after us to be careful. Vini and I found a low window around back where the boards had been pried off. There was an old oil drum close to the window. I held the BB pistol and boosted up Vini onto the drum. I handed her the pistol. She used it to bust the rest of the boards off the window. She straddled the window but managed to get the seat of her culotte stuck on a nail that was protruding out of the window sill. She kicked up a fuss. Her white majorette go-go boots glowed in the moonlight, making her look like she was trying to ride a stubborn mule. You stuck? I whispered. Leg of my culottes is. Can you wiggle out of them? Think so. Vini squirmed and wiggled and at last was able to slide over the windowsill into the house. I heard a little thump as she hit the floor on the other side. Her culottes were hanging on a nail in the window, waving in the breeze. I had no doubt that picture would somehow end up on the squealer's website, along with an inappropriately suggestive title about this whole case. And what the heck. The only reputation I had to protect these days was a bad one. I hoisted myself up into the window, careful to avoid the nail that had claimed Vini's pants. I landed behind Vini on the other side. We were in a part of the house I'd not seen before. It looked to be a back-sitting parlor. I raked a spiderweb off my face. Vini was standing there in a beam of moonlight. Her white majorette boots glowed. Her dimpled knees shined like scabby apples. She was wearing a solid pair of baggy granny panties and didn't seem at all upset about having lost her pants. Vini was like that. She'd run butt naked through the fires of hell for a chance at an adventure. Follow me, she whispered, her BB pistol held high in both hands. Her hands were shaking a little, so the BBs were rattling. But she managed to get a tighter grip on the pistol and quiet the gun down. My heart was thumping a good bit. It was dark as an inkwell in the interior of the house, and the place smelled dank and moldy. I muffled a sneeze in my shirt tail a couple of times. Nobody home but dust and spiders. I doubted Vini knew where we were going. I just hoped it wasn't toward Boots because he had more than BBs in his gun. And he never had liked Vini all that much. We heard a creaking sound overhead. Vini decided to follow that. We crawled very slowly up the stairs, trying hard to avoid any squeaky boards. But no matter which way we moved, the house creaked and groaned. 
we arrived on a landing that rolled out into a long, broad hallway. Quite a few doors lined the hallway. It was quiet. No sign of any living thing. An idea popped in my head. I slid my cell out of my pocket and clipped on a flashlight app. It wasn't the brightest, but by getting down on my knees, I could spray the light along the dusty floor. I saw a long trail where the dust had been cleared. By people walking, no doubt. The trail led to the end of the hallway. That door was shut. I think someone went into that room at the end of the hallway, I whispered to Vini. Okie dokie, stay behind me, tight. We scooted that way. Once we arrived at the closed door, I wasn't sure what to do. Vini seemed to know. She put her hand on the knob and the door creaked open. There was somebody in that room already. Vini stopped short in front of me and screamed like a snake had run up her leg. Lord Almighty, gruffed Boots as he slid into the beams of moonlight that flooded the room. He lowered his gun. Jesus Christ Almighty. Don't you two old nincompoops ever listen to a word I say? I could have splattered your heads like watermelons. Boots studied Vini, who still had her BB gun pointed at his belly. Her dimpled knees shined in the dim light, all white and scabby. Her baggy old lady panties looked a good bit like a diaper. Lavinia Goins, said Boots. Are you not wearing any pants? Are you, honest to God, half-naked like I think you are? I was about to explain about Vini's attire and object to being called a nincompoop when I heard an engine start up outside. A car sputtered and choked to life. Not a very new car, or a car in very good mechanical working order either, from the sound of it. I tiptoed over and peered out the slit left by a broken board, nailed at an angle across the upstairs hallway window. The window looked out toward the main road in front of Dode's farm. A vehicle flashed past Dode's farmhouse. The security lights by the barn burst on. A purple gremlin sped by and then disappeared as the barn's pole lights blinked off. The gremlin was missing one red tail light. It disappeared around a corner in the gravel road and headed down the knobs toward town. Dang it! Our ghost got away, I said. <laughs>